Would that four-hour workweek guy recommend spending a ton of one's time on the phone? Glenda Jackson seriously doubts it. As the current accounts payable person for healthy hippie market, fully hemmed in up here in the Bellwether Snacks headquarters, kind of like that one country in Africa which is completely surrounded by another, or maybe those weird, landlocked city counties inside Virginia, she has ample opportunity to observe and overhear just how much talk is generated by virtually every other cubicle around here. The funny thing is, they recently installed these supposed noise-canceling ceiling doohickeys up above, which seem to have accomplished nothing. Oh, she doesn't doubt that they work, on a purely technical level. Problem being, however, that the introduction of these just made everyone talk louder. Because they really like the sound of their own voices. These folks are not about to lose their voices in the depths of some noise-canceling thingamajiggies. And yes, much of this chit-chat is conducted on the phone. A healthy portion of the phone interaction is probably unavoidable. The accounts receivable team, understandably, seems to get better results shaking people down over the phone than they do via email, or at least this is the case with certain chronic offenders. That's why Glenda has always preferred AP, actually, folks are always happy to hear from her. Vendors, that is, the vendors HHM does business with. If she's inquiring via email about a certain figure owed, then these vendors don't care how they receive word, even a telegram delivered by horse or an airplane dragging the message behind it would suffice. As for contacting anyone employed at HHM itself, however, now this is a different story. They are hands down the most disorganized bunch she has ever worked with in her professional career. Or in any other realm, really. Fortunately, this job is overall a breeze, after becoming familiar with the Microsoft Dynamics Great Plains program. There are certain procedures that must be followed to the letter, sure, which require focus, but she doesn't have to dedicate a ton of brain power to keeping up her end of the bargain. This is good, because the brain power required to sort out the healthy hippie means her typical week is only just barely manageable. She couldn't let them know this, of course, for they would then, for they are nothing if not crafty with their excuses and rationalizations, most of them, claim that this is intentional, because they know she has an easy job and they figure she has time to sort it all out. No. There are a handful of extremely solid people scattered throughout the stores, ones who almost never make a mistake, yet when they do are the first to admit it, paradoxically enough. The stores seem to have anywhere from two to four such individuals each, which are probably just the precise amount needed to just barely skate past all the chaos. The others range from mostly competent, even if they aren't quite up to par on details down to this person is so disorganized there's no way he or she is effective at his slasher job. Of course, Glenda is only dealing with the upper-level store employees, the managers and merchandisers. She has never met nor had any interaction with the manual labor army underneath, unless maybe one of them happened to answer the phone. But at present, her go-to figures are Shelley, Brian and Trudy at Palmyra, Tanya and Chloe at Independence. Craig and Petro at Southside, Candace at Arcadia, and then the merchandisers Dale and Arnie, Terry Barnett, who is also here at the Bellwether HQ in a part-time IT role, though no longer technically an HHM employee, Dwayne Hatley, running the show and clearly someone who knows a great deal about the industry, if somewhat intimidating to interact with at times, and then Edgar Lodge, their all-purpose numbers and database guy. Maybe she's partial to Edgar, because he was after all the person who had trained her in this position, the person she replaced as the lone AP employee. It is now late 2013 and she isn't quite sure what went down two years ago, except that Edgar had a falling out of sorts with the HHM showrunners and jumped ship over here to assume this role.
Then this summer passed, Duane had asked him to return to his former position at the stores, because various procedures had completely jumped the track without Edgar. That's when Glenda was hired here, bringing her broad range of experience, as an early middle-aged black woman with tremendous industry experience, into this office job which paid okay and had decent benefits, but which she could in all reality sleepwalk through on autopilot for the most part, except, again, the often brain-twisting experience of dealing with the actual employees at those stores. She should be thankful for this novelty, perhaps, although another example of something she would never be insane enough to actually mention to them. Regarding this vast majority, the roving mob of problem children, some are competent though combative, with vitamin manager Zaire Patterson probably at the top of this list. Select others, like Destiny Davis, only fall into combativeness when Glenda pushes hard enough against her air-headed hippie shtick. Corey Brown attempts talking his way out of every jam with the basic philosophy that whatever he's improvising right this moment is the correct answer, and whatever else he might have said earlier or that anyone else is saying is irrelevant, a tactic that doesn't work nearly as well as he thinks, though Rob Drake does remain curiously smitten with the guy. Most, though, fall under that all-purpose banner of being world-class experts at disorganization, legitimate masters in this realm. Were this an Olympic sport, some of these folks would surely be in the running. And if so, it's entirely possible that current deli-slash-meat merchandiser Pat Stazio would bring home the gold. Fortunately, it does appear that his time with this company might be running on fumes. Word is out on the streets. Nobody turns in late invoices or outright loses them at a greater clip than Pat. Who then responds with bizarre, often incomprehensible, all-caps rants via email or text, defending his position. She has the distinct impression that he drives around for weeks with these invoices strewn loosely around his car. Which therefore summons an all-too-vivid mental picture of said invoices blowing out of car doors when opened, with the oblivious merchandiser not even noticing as they parasail across the parking lot. Maybe that's a stretch, but something is happening to these invoices. Fortunately, some of the larger vendors, like produce giant Alfredson's, have their own paperwork in place enough to send out monthly statements, and she can get ahead of the curve, well, not exactly ahead of the curve, maybe, maybe the analogy here is she's able to turn around and deflect a downhill rolling boulder, instead of having it flatten her from behind, to see things which they haven't gotten around to panicking over yet. But these smaller operations, such as this one hummus company up in the mountains, only contact her when he's about eight or nine invoices behind. In fact during one rare telephone conversation with the son of this family-owned hummus operation, the kid had chuckled and admitted they refer to the guy as Pat Disaster O, which has subsequently become Glenda's own personal nickname for the dude. Because they aren't just squabbling over lost and or late invoices, Pat is often calling to berate them over orders, too, even though he can never seem to find any reference to the alleged discrepancies, and they are meanwhile able to pull up paperwork on their end in about 12 seconds. She can believe it. And this is surely happening with every single company that Disaster O touches.